Did you know your daily routine could be the key to your next vacation getaway? NerdWallet helps you compare travel and cashback cards to turn your everyday purchases into your next unforgettable getaway experience. Traveling doesn't have to be expensive, and daily expenses don't have to get in the way of your next escape. Imagine purchasing food and earning points towards a free hotel room, or earning points toward a flight by simply buying gas. Regardless of your financial situation, the NerdWallet team will help you make sense of your options at nerdwallet.com. Get expert information from an award winning team of nerds to make even the most complicated money questions and topics easy to understand. NerdWallet's dedicated team will offer the tips you need to get that vacation you've been waiting for without breaking the bank. NerdWallet offers everything you need to make sound financial decisions while costing you absolutely nothing. Find the smartest financial products for you on NerdWallet.com or in app stores by downloading the NerdWallet app. Family. It looks a little different for everyone. For some, it's mom and dad. For others, roommates who feel like family. And for others, it's your significant other, their golfing buddies, your children, a high school soccer team starting lineup, and oh look, they're all taking you up on the offer to stay for dinner, really testing the limits of that phrase, the more the merrier. But no matter where you call home, GEICO makes it easy to bundle and save on home and car insurance. Easier than making three frozen pizzas and assorted frozen veggies into a cohesive meal. The Martini Studios in Ontario, California. It's the Fanboy Show! Hey, what is up, everyone? I'm Joe C. And I'm Steph. Thank you all very much for listening. It's the Fanboy Show. Thanks for hitting subscribe and remember to rate, review, and tell your friends like a champ. You can always reach us at Fanboy Show. That's at thebelowbarshow.com. And at thebelowbarshow is your handle on Facebook, Tumblr, Twitter, and Instagram. Check us out. Drop us a line and we'll foo it up like a couple of foos. Ain't that right, Foulette? See. Yeah. On tap today, we went to the coffee festival. Coffee. And we want to talk about it. And it's also relevant to the joint report, but we'll get to that a little later on. And I believe we're going to go ahead and make this one a two-parter because uh, we have some high hopes into executing round one of the theme song brackets. We want to get this over with and we want to really? enter round two so that we can at least get pretty far before the end of the year. I think it'll spill into next year, but I don't know. We can we might be able to treat that as some kind of a holiday special. I have no fucking idea. We'll see how this goes. Who knows? Yeah, we got a few weeks to go uh, this year. Uh, I think what, like a total of somewhere around 10, something like eight, seven or eight. Anyway, I have no idea. Yeah. So, idea. Steph, we went to the coffee festival. Yes, the Los this, Angeles Coffee Festival in Los Angeles, California. That's right. And it was located at this place called the Magic Box. We'd been there before. We went to some kind of convention where your cousin Kiki was selling her Floppy Ears comic. That's right. Yeah. So, we has a giant chair. There's a giant wooden in the, chair. In the parking lot. Yep. It was weird, but... You have to pass through it. I don't know. I don't know what that... I thought I was asking you while we were passing through. I was like, is this bad luck? No, that's a ladder. And that's a ladder. Yeah. You so, can't fit under a chair regularly. What do you do? Just like <laughs> lube yourself up and just start sliding underneath chairs? Now that's an idea for the podcast. I like what I like where your head's at. Ooh, chair competition. Yep. Who goes first? <laughs> <laughs> so, Steph, um, I had a great time going there. There's a few devices that I'm just like, what the hell is that doing to the coffee? 
um, that there there were I don't know there was some kind of like science experiments that looked like there was some. It was it's a it's actually a halogen lamp uh-huh. that heats up the water right and boils your coffee that way. I'm not exactly sure all the inner workings mm-hmm. and the science behind it. It but was it like looked- an upside down boiling mechanism somehow. Like the it was top heavy, you know, because the jug went on top. And it was a whole thing. It kind of looked like a like a volcano. You ever use a Bunsen burner in school for chemistry? Yeah. For biology? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like that, except with a halogen lamp. It's just a, it's a coil light. Mm-hmm. You turn on the light and then it starts boiling the water. Yeah. Uh, when you put the pot of water on top. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that is the coffee. Ah, okay. And somehow, you know, the coffee goes down into the water and just boils that way. Or yeah, sh- I couldn't understand weird. what was going on. It, it seemed pretty complicated and outside of my, uh, I don't know, maybe I was too sober. Maybe I hadn't had my cup of coffee yet. <laughs> but yeah, because that was like the first, was the thing, first thing we saw. That we saw. Yeah, it was like on the entrance. One thing that attracted you to going was this specific nonprofit called Project Waterfall. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that? So when I was looking into the coffee festival, I noticed that they were partnered with a charity called Project Waterfall. And they are geared towards delivering fresh water mm-hmm. to countries that produce coffee. Yeah. So I, I got a chance to meet one of the representatives from Project Waterfall, and she spoke all about it. Okay. You want to hear it? Sure. Sure. Here we go. Hi, this is Stephanie. I'm with Rebecca from Project Waterfall. Um, if you could just tell us a little bit more about Project Waterfall and how it started. Uh, yeah, sure. So um, Project Waterfall is a charity initiative. Uh, that brings clean drinking water to coffee-growing communities. So we started back in 2011, um, and since then we've reached just over 50,000 people across the coffee-growing belt with clean, fresh drinking water and sanitation. Um, We raise money, and then we work with local delivery partners to actually implement the projects, but we've got projects in seven countries at the moment. As far as getting the water to these communities, how does that go about? Are we distributing um, containers of water? Are we building wells? Um, yes, so everything we do is really sustainable. So we don't um, we don't send containers of water. Um, we work with local delivery partners that um, really kind of uh, reinvent the whole water situation on the ground. So um, it can take anywhere from some of our projects are quite quick six month projects, and some will be more of a four year project um, where we really work with the local community to build a whole new water system. So it's very different from community to community. Um, it could be uh, if there's a lot of rainfall, we might do like a rainwater catchment system where we build reservoirs um, that. Catch to the rainfill and then they'll filter it and make sure it gets that down to like um, a community tap point level. Um, sometimes the, there's like a spring of water like high up in the mountains and we need to build like a pipe system to pipe that down into the community. Um, but the most common way is with just a standard uh, drill well. Um, so there's two different types. There's one uh, that you just drill um, 50 meters or so below the surface and some you have to drill much deeper and you need like a big machine to do that um, to reach an aquifer beneath the surface. So there's loads of different ways. Um, and we work with whatever the best solution is for that community. And then there are there uh, volunteer or internship opportunities for uh, people to help out that haven't heard about this project before? Um, so we're based in London. Um, we do have internship uh, opportunities over in, over in the UK. Um, but we also have volunteer opportunities at our events. So we do the we help organize the coffee festivals. Um, so if people are into coffee and want to help support Clean Water, they can come and volunteer with us at any of our events worldwide. 
I've already donated. I've tried the, the five gallon challenge, which is actually pretty difficult. I didn't realize that women had to walk three miles just to get water. Yeah, probably even further than three miles in a lot of communities. So um, yeah, lots of the women we work with, um, the distance to the water pump can be up to two hours of walking. Um, so it's, it's, it's quite a lot longer than three miles. Um, and then sometimes, like carrying the water back, that can take up to three hours. Um, so it's, it's, it's really heavy. 45 pounds is a heavy, heavy amount. Um, so it's, it's a big challenge and it's something that we're, you know, we're obviously trying to eradicate. How would people get involved with Project Waterfall? How would we be able to donate? Um, there's two main ways that people get involved. Um, one is as a company, because we're a coffee industry charity. We have a lot of supporters from the coffee industry. So whether that's a coffee shop or a roaster or a supplier um, that donates either, you know, say 5p from every, 5 cents from every coffee, or um, it might be 10 cents from every kilo of coffee that they roast. So that's sort of like a brand partnership and how the industry get involved. Um, as just a regular consumer or coffee lover, you can just head to our website and sign up. We've got like a, a giving subscription or you can make a one-off donation online. We can do something good with this. Great. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you for your time. Thank you so much. Yeah, that was cool. Uh, and that, that bucket challenge. Tell us more about it. Like you had to lift uh, how many pounds? I had to hold a five-pound jug of water at waist level that would simulate a household's total water for the day mm -hmm. and so usually one person or a couple of people from the household will go have to walk three plus miles to get water to and the then water bring source. it back yeah and most of the time all they have is their feet mm -hmm. as transportation there's yeah. no bikes cars nothing like that and it's not even a lot of water like when you're looking at it i mean it's probably enough to make some soup and wash your hands once yeah. It's not a lot of water. That's five gallons mm -hmm. for the whole day. That's cooking, drinking. Mm -hmm. Everything. Everything. Yeah. Uh, so I had to hold it for as long as possible. And guys, I have to hold it up to armpit level. Yeah. Pretty much right below your chin is yeah. where you have to yeah. hold the gal mm. or hold the jug. Your elbows have to be straight out. If you're a guy, that's at least how the challenge worked out. Uh, it was, and then women had to do it at waist level. Yeah. It's 45 pounds. Yeah. Of water. Yeah. Doesn't seem like a lot. It, it And it looks small. You'll get really tired real fast. I wasn't even hold, able to hold it for five minutes. I think the record holder, at least a female, had something around the lines of like 15 minutes. Over 15 minutes. It's like, geez, she, she probably had some guns. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I didn't see what it was for the... For the male side. Yeah. I was just like, oh, well, I don't want to be the last one. So <laughs> I had to beat the last person's time. There you go. That was just enough. Yeah, just enough. <laughs> that's the spirit. <laughs> but that's hard. So I can't imagine what these communities must go through on a daily basis. Yeah, it's a tough life, man. I, especially when you have to travel just to get the most basic source of life, which is water. Right. You have to travel three plus miles just to go get it. And it's not even that much. So, uh, you know, time is definitely being wasted. Um, if, if we can get these sources of water to these people a little quicker, a little bit more efficiently, and it's not like we're just sending them bottles of water, like, like she was saying. Uh, we're trying to build the resource there so that, that it's accessible to them on a local level. Yeah, and it's sustainable. So, mm -hmm. you know, they can get it year round. Right. You right. know, provided that there's still groundwater mm -hmm. um, for them to access. Right. And... Partnering with coffee shops is a great idea. I mean, just from Los Angeles, we drink coffee 
all the time. What's the number one ingredient in coffee? Water. Water. Yeah. I mean, that's the number one thing that you need to make coffee aside from the coffee grounds, but it's the majority of the actual product itself. So why not? You know, yeah. they use water all the time. So having Project Waterfall partner with these local shops, you know, in the long run, it, it, it's going to help. It's a little bit, mm-hmm. you know, per coffee cup. Yeah. yeah and everybody's already, used to, everybody's already used to putting down a, like a down payment on a cup of coffee these days over at the local Starbucks. So like what's another couple cents Yeah. for, for this kind of things just to help out, uh, you know, a community in need. So if you wanted to donate, projectwaterfall.org. Okay. That's where everybody can go to check that out. Yeah. So aside from that, what are the other cool things? Now, you you purchased a couple of things. I saw that you purchased some matcha tea. Tell me a little bit about that. So I like drinking tea. You know, we drink tea here mm-hmm. every once in a while. But the matcha is more of like a concentrated green tea. It's a green tea powder. Uh-huh. This is called matcha usucha? Matcha usucha. It's from Dense Tea. It's ceremonial grade. And the way the vendor described preparing it was you pretty much have to put the powder in a strainer over hot water and kind of mix it in that way Mm -hmm. to get... Well, just to get rid of the clumps. Yeah, to get rid of the clumps and to just make it a smoother taste. Mm -hmm. He also suggested that if you don't have a strainer, that you put a little water in, then you put the the amount of powder of matcha that you wanted in there, and then break it up that way and then add the rest of the water. That's kind of another way if you don't happen to have a strainer. Right what he was telling us as well so um yeah no that that was good stuff i really enjoyed the teas i know this was a coffee festival but they had a good amount of teas too that everybody could go check out there was also some liqueurs and cocktails that we tried there one in particular that caught my eye and uh it was by one company called mr black and um mr black (laughs) Was an awesome freaking liqueur. I got to say, it's probably, it's what Kahlua should be or, or any real coffee type of liqueur should be. Uh, it, the taste was so nice. It was surprising. Mr. Black. Is actually from Australia mm-hmm. and it's 100% specialty Arabica coffee, mm-hmm. which is cold brewed. Yeah. And that's probably what made it taste better than if it was not cold brewed. I really recommend everybody go check out Mr. Black. And not only that, cold brewed coffee, vodka, and natural, no artificial flavors. No, it was really good. I uh, enjoyed the shit out of it. I mean, we were trying to buy some off of her. No, but she gave us a list of places where you can get it. Now, the most widely distributed place is BevMo. You can pretty much get it at any BevMo. Again, it's called Mr. Black. So a place where you can actually find it, like at a bar, it's the Ace Hotel in L.A., a bunch of places in L.A., uh, the Freehand, a place called Employees Only, Neat, Chateau Marmont, Ivory on Sunset, Hotel Figueroa, a bunch of places all around L.A. If you want to buy the actual bottle of Mr. Black, then you can go to Jason's Wine and Spirits, k Wine Merchants, Mission, Wine Liqueur Depot, Wally's, Mel and Rose, and of course, Bevmo. And, uh, man, I'm going to get myself a bottle of Mr. Black as soon as I find myself inside of a BevMo because that is some tasty stuff. It's so tasty. I can't get over it. Yeah, it's great. What else? Let's see. Oh, we got Julie's. Dates. Yeah, apparently people are making syrup out of dates. Yeah, I had no idea that that was a thing. Yeah. Until we came across this. I'm just like, what is that? Apparently it's supposed to have less sugar than honey from bees as well as what we were being told. Yeah, and the thing about dates is that usually it's high in calorie because it's like a 
nut, whatever. It's a, it's it, dense. It's, it's, it's yeah. A date. It's no, it's not a nut. It's a date. It's uh-huh. a, it's only its own thing. Right. Whatever. But it has less sugar and it has more antioxidants than your regular syrup. Mm-hmm. And we have Moo Pods, which is a milk sugar tablet combination. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because the actual pod itself has a cow's face stamped on it. <laughs> yeah. Um, it is a creamer and a sweetener all in one. And it's, it looks like a big ass pill. It looks like a Tums, right? Yeah. Essentially. And then, you know, they they etched the face of a nice, cute little cartoon cow on the front of it. You can buy them in single, like, I don't know. What do you call those? Like single little packets? Single packets. And they're only 10 calories each. Uh, you throw them in your... Uh, they recommend you throw maybe around three in your cup of coffee every day to sweeten it up. And I guess it's from Happy Cows. California Cows. California Cows. But it's not available yet. Mm-hmm. It's available, I think, next year in okay. January. Yeah. It's available for, for pre-order, though. Mm-hmm. So they were giving out samples for their new business. Nice. Yeah. I was impressed by a lot of what I saw there. I really enjoyed the latte art that we saw. We went live on it on Instagram for a little while. Ooh, that's and, nice. Uh, yeah. A couple guys were just showing you how how they do the latte art. And by that, I mean, it's, it sounds exactly, you know, it is exactly what it sounds like. Where you know, you know how you always see those um, those highfalutin coffee shops that draw on the top of a latte. They make like a plant or something. These guys are making like a Pegasus, a Swan. They made a ram. They made a ram eating a berry off of a shrub. Like they got really detailed with it. It was really impressive. Like apparently one of them has won awards because of how good he is at making these latte art and. Um, it was fun to watch them do it. I mean, it's a process. It's a push and pull process. I mean, they they steam the the milk, of course, um, and then they get the espresso and they start pouring in the milk. And depending on how the foam re- is reacting, and you got to push it and you got to pull it. That's how they're kind of making the artwork on top of your latte. And um, I would tip him a lot if he was my barista. Like he deserved, like that guy was making some good freaking pictures. I shit you not. I mean, we're going to post them on our Instagram so everybody could go check them out because uh, they're really impressive. I didn't know it was a thing. I didn't know it was that sophisticated of a thing that it was an actual latte art league. Right. It, it's a thing. And the speed at which they do it. They're yeah. not, they do it so quick. They're not taking their time. It was like a 30 second process for him to make something on, on top of a latte. It's almost like a muscle memory at that mm-hmm. point. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, you want this? Done. Yeah. He made it look so easy. I would have botched it up so, so bad. I'm surprised they have competitions for this kind of thing. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah, I was really impressed. Anything else that we found there uh, before we get down to the joint report? That's pretty much it, right? Yeah, yeah. No, we got got some good info for Project Waterfall. Mm -hmm. We had some nice liqueur. Mm -hmm. And we got a nice show with the latte art. Right. No, yeah, I had a great time, especially with all those uh, liqueurs and cocktails. I had myself a little cocktail, too, with some coffee liqueur, and it was goddamn delicious. Let's move on with the joint report, shall we? Yes. Are you on weed? Give me some. I'll smoke you two under the table. It's from the bomb. Now, still talking about the coffee festival, we purchased some coffee that has CBD infused into it. There's this uh, particular one, which is made by a company called Git Coffee. 
But all this is put together by a parent company called ExoCBD. So ExoCBD is a bioscientific company. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, they actually wholesale the CBD, mm-hmm. um, the distilled CBD, and then the isolate. Oh, to all these manufacturers? So, all, so to the different vendors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, the one I'm holding right now, it's, it's a bottle of cold brew CBD. It's called Git, G-I-T Coffee. It looks great. And we bought a couple of these and we plan on using them. One of the things that the lady that we were talking to, her name was Justine. She's one of the business development uh, managers that work with XOCBD uh, that we met there. She let us in on a little bit of the benefits of drinking uh, cold brew CBD. I mean, it's, it's, it's a better vehicle because coffee is something that we all consume on a day-to-day basis. If somebody needs CBD, it's not going to give them the midday crash or jitters that coffee would when you pair it up with CBD. Uh, on, on top of that, it'll give you the relief while providing that energy. It helps with the inflammation in joints and provides relief. She told us that that she's heard that from many people. Um, it's And just again, because it's coffee is just an everyday part of our lives and our routine, it's, uh, it's just the best way to intake your CBD. It's helped people with seizures. She knows of a woman that had a son with seizures and uh, helped that, that kid tremendously while you know, it was also giving him the energy to go throughout his day. Uh, all these products, according to her, were produced in California. And um, we not only purchased the cold brew, the already brewed CBD coffee, but we also bought the grounds. And one of them is called CBD Nitro Brew. It's made by a company called Burst. And it's um, uh, you can make your own cold brew coffee with this. So uh, you just put a little uh, little of these grounds in your cold water, put it in the refrigerator overnight, and boom, you got yourself some some cold brew CBD coffee. I can't wait to try these. We also got some free samples, you know, for, with our press passes. Uh, but I'm glad we purchased a little bit more of it because I, I sure as hell am going to use them. We bought two kinds. They had two kinds that they were that they were selling there. One that was a breakfast blend, and uh, another one was called Nitro Brew. So. Oh, the coffee also contains 250 milligrams of CBD. There's another thing that they also sell, which is a tea. And obviously, uh, maybe they decided not to bring their tea over. It's called Shane's Tea 50-50. It has 20 milligrams of CBD. It's a, it's a glass bottle, much like the cold brew coffee. But I didn't see that there. Maybe I just didn't. Either they didn't have it with them at the time or, or I just didn't see it. Uh, but that one has 20 milligrams of CBD in it. I'm sure the foos would enjoy the shit out of that. Um, you know, we all love our coffee and we love our tea. So that's something that I was very excited about. I can't wait to open these up and try them and make our own cold brews. I think it's great fine. It only makes sense to combine it with coffee. Mm -hmm. Because like we said, everybody pretty much drinks coffee. Yeah. Not just in the morning either. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Throughout the day. Yeah. It's just a nice little treat. Yeah. If this takes off, I'm definitely going to be a regular customer because I am an avid coffee drinker. It's what really gives me the energy to go about my day in the morning and just get the day started. So if I can pair that up with some CBD and because uh, I have a bad back, I always have some back pain. So that might be able to relieve it. I might be able to focus more at work, too, um, with, a, with a little CBD in the morning. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm really rooting for this to take off. Yeah, and I, I think it will because CBD is becoming more popular, mm-hmm. um, probably more so than THC, I would say, because oh, you're yeah. seeing a lot of venues for CBD mm-hmm. to come out. Mm-hmm. Now it's in coffee. Yeah. 
Now it's in makeup now. Yeah, that's anti-aging true. makeup. <laughs> Places that you didn't even think of lotion. Mm-hmm. No, it's everywhere. It's everywhere. It's everywhere, and it's uh, it's totally legal. I mean, THC is the one that's uh, that's still frowned upon. And uh, she was also telling us, you know, one of the things that she's noticed is that there's still a stigma in the Latino community. I mean, I know that firsthand. I mean, you talk to my parents about any any cannabis product, they're you know they're gonna frown upon it. But when you introduce it in the form of coffee that's widely used, no matter where you're coming from, I mean, it's a worldwide thing that people consume. Uh, it's, it's, it's an easier way to break the conversation or at least to bring up the, the concept of CBD and the use for ailments and, you know, pains and that kind of thing. So, um, I mean, if um, my, my parents will probably find some use for it, especially if I... Uh, let them know that this is something that's safe, that's that's being studied regularly, and um, the more information we have on, you know, as we go, uh, the more health benefits we're finding. So uh, I'm I'm pretty excited about it. So everybody, go check out exocbd.com, exocbd.com. It'll tell you a little bit more about what we just talked about. Um, one other thing that I wanted to bring up in the joint report. Well, something that I found on Leafly.com. I haven't brought up Leafly in a couple weeks and figured it was about time because I uh, I found this article that they posted um, yesterday. It says, Code Blue, California's medical cannabis ID card system has collapsed. And I thought it already collapsed. As soon as the, that uh, cannabis became legal in California, I figured nobody's going to get a card anymore. And virtually none of the estimated hundreds of thousands of California patients entitled to purchase tax-free cannabis are getting those savings because the state's medical marijuana ID card system has collapsed. Uh, new data has found that this is the case. I mean, this is a state of about 40 million people. And if you can believe it, only 4,551 patients had the official medical marijuana ID card. That's it? That's it. That's it. I remember having one many years ago, uh, and this is data that um, the CDPH totals for the fiscal year of 2018 and 2019 is telling us, which ended June 30th of this year. Wow. So uh, this is like new, fresh data of and, and an actual count. And uh, adult use legislation with its 600 stores and delivery services, plus the legal right to grow at home, has made the card partially obsolete for adults 21 and over. Those seeking the official ID card say that it's costly and time-consuming to obtain the often not and often not worth the hassle. One of the country's oldest medical cannabis card programs might need to be retooled or just scrapped altogether. I think scrapped altogether because if it's recreationally accepted and legal throughout the state, I mean, nobody's going to jump th- through the hoops to get an ID card that is pretty much not even being asked for at these dispensaries. That's a real thing of the past. Rarely do I see a dispensary that requires the use of a medical ID card, and I can't imagine how much business they're losing because of it. I'm surprised that those still existed. Mm-hmm. It's been a few years now. Yeah. And um, not only is it an antiquated system, especially now that everything's legal, but it's also distrusted. I don't, ever since I got arrested, even after presenting my medical marijuana card to the police officer, I'm like, well, well, why the fuck did I pay the 60 something dollars for six months to even have this? Like, I thought I thought I was going to get off the hook for this. Uh, we're talking back in 2012 is when this happened. So it was some time ago. But nonetheless, 
um, you know, the, the promises were made. Like you can have a significant amount of or a specific amount of weed or at least a specific limit of cannabis in your possession without being fucked with by the cops. And this bitch just, you know, threw me in the can for for a night because I had a little hash on me and uh, it was a whole thing. I mean, I ended up getting uh, getting it all uh, wiped out, but um, nothing ever really happened. I didn't go to county or anything, but uh, the fact of the matter is that, you know, with that ID card, I shouldn't have been fucked with. And since then, I've distrusted the program um, quite a bit. And uh, now, I mean, the fact that it's legal all throughout the state just makes it uh, obsolete. There's no reason why anybody should have it. And now that I see that it's the whole system has collapsed, I'm not surprised. It's just, why even have it? Why bother? No, it's it's recreational. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you have a California ID, that's all you need. Yep, you just got to be 21 and over, and that's that. So. I mean, I I can see if you really needed it for a medical purpose, mm-hmm. maybe somehow getting your health insurance to pay for it, but that's like a whole other government thing that we don't want to get into right now. Well, the now. only reason why people would bother getting the card is so that they can buy in mass quantities. And so they wouldn't have to go to the dispensary that many times. But it, th- these days, it's not that difficult to enter a dispensary. I mean, the only hassle... Um, with the with the requirements that they have in most dispensaries is that you're going to have to show them your ID twice. I'm okay with dipping my hand in my pocket to show them my ID to, tell, to let them, not only the guy checking me in, but also the person selling it to me at the counter. It's not that big of a deal. Uh, the only other asshole is, of course, these things get busy, especially after everybody gets off of work. But I'm okay with that. I expect that, and I plan for it. So... Um, I'm not about to buy like pounds and pounds of weed or, or uh, concentrate so that I can. How much were you allowed to purchase with a marijuana card? I don't know. But it was a lot. Yeah, it was uh, it was quite a bit um, more than if you didn't have one. I thought it was still no more than like one ounce or something. There was an exception like if that. you had a card. Oh, OK. So, yeah. So, uh, yeah, just a heads up, everybody. If you're thinking about getting a medical marijuana card. Uh, don't bother that 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 system is collapsed it's not le- it's not seen as legitimate as it, as it used to be and not a lot of dispensaries even ask for it so uh, if you get pulled over because you have weed in the car it's not something that you have to fear anymore um, it's just uh, you got to know what what amount is uh, is right in your county to have uh, so that you don't get a ticket or you get busted for it and thrown in the can so smoke weed every day all right. Well, Steph, we're going to take a quick break and we're going to come back and finish off round one of the best theme songs of all time. Hi, I'm Flo from Progressive. Being a baseball fanatic like me can be stressful. It's not all sports points and touchdowns. So Progressive is going to help you take your mind off your team for a moment. Instead of thinking about how they missed that goal point score, think about the name your price tool from Progressive letting you choose coverage options based on your budget. Unlike your team that missed the end zone net area. Well, anyway, hope this distraction about Progressive's name your price tool was helpful. It sure kept me from thinking about all those penalty balls. Yay, sports! Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 